podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. 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 Yo, what's going on? You're now locked into the Disunomics podcast. Yeah, this episode's gonna be peak. Very, very peak. As you should know by now, it is all going tits up at number 10 Downing Street. 42 government resignations as I'm recording this on Wednesday the 6th of July at 10.20 p.m. And the maddest thing is, by the time we wake up, there could be more people. It seems that Boris is going to stay in power. He's going to fight this at the end, but maybe when he sleeps on it, he might change his mind. But it's very unlikely because he is so absent, of the, so devoid of any ounce of shame in that body of his, right? But of course, we got big up the last week's pod or the latest episode, episode 262, Nigeria's deal with the devil. Pretty's evil immigration crusade. So that's another political episode where we look at Nigeria and the UK signing a deal with regards to deportation of criminals. And we look at some deportations of about, what, eight people, no, 13 people to Nigeria and I believe eight to Ghana. So over 20 people deported to West Africa under very, very peculiar circumstances and just the, and also the Nationalities and Borders Act. This is an act introduced this year, April, April um, 28th by the government and it is very, very bad for asylum seekers. People looking for peaceful um, refuge in the UK, they've made it so much harder. And yeah, which we discussed Pretty Patel's pretty demonic crusade against immigration now this week's episode boy boy oh boy it has been peak and yeah we're gonna chop it up look folks get ready hi guys mxm and listen to the dysonomics podcast because it's late, it's late, it's late what's popping people hope you've had a good week so far of course you're locked into episode 263 of the dysonomics podcast i apologize hey people has kicked my butt so if you get a few sniffles, to be fair, you are probably used to this by now. I'm, I'm very, very sorry. I'd like to be as professional as possible. I hope as I'm recording this, nothing mad happens. I've got Sky News to to the left of me. I've got my head to the left of me. And yeah, I, I haven't even written notes for this. I have not even written notes. It's been too hectic. I've had a hectic day. I was recording for Spotify, shot and check, check that out. Watching all this stuff, running a few errands. It's been a busy day. But yeah, let's get into it. Bye. Now, where shall we start? Okay. What, basically, what went wrong today is that two senior cabinet ministers, Shajid Javid, former chancellor, who's already resigned under Boris Johnson, as well as Rishi Sunak, his replacement chancellor, both resigned, right? They resigned earlier today due to some of the mishaps and the latest mishap just being a step too far and enough was enough. Rishi and Shadid are two big dogs in the cabinet. Two of probably like the five biggest names in the Conservative Party, really and truly. Five, definitely top five to eight biggest names, right? And the cabinet 
are the most important people in the government. It's usually about 20, 20 men and women, 20 men and women combined, not 20 men and women each, like around 20 of them, right? You have different ministers, you have obviously the prime minister and then you have all the different secretaries, right? So you've got the chancellor of exchequer, which is basically like the finance minister, that was Rishi Sunak. It's now Nadim Zahawi, who was former vaccines minister. Um, you've got the new health secretary, which is Steve Barkley. You've got the new educational secretary, which is Michelle Dunlan. You've got deputy PM and justice secretary, Dominic Raab. Home secretary, Priti Patel. Defense secretary, Ben Wallace. Business sec, Kwasi Kwarteng. Foreign sec, Liz Truss. And is anybody else worth mentioning? Oh, Culture Secretary Nadine Doris, absolute donor. Transport Sec Grant Shapps, Brexit Opportunities Minister Jacob Rees-Mogg. And yeah, those are pretty much the most important ones. And obviously, um, my man, Michael Gove, he was the leveling up secretary. He had to hold a young Sakito today, right? Cool. So that's what kicked it off. Two massive faces in the government Sajid, Javid, and um, Rishi Sunak said, you know what, fuck the shit we out of here. You, man, are taking a fucking piss, bro. And so what is actually mad is that this is the second time Sajid Javid has resigned in under um, Boris Johnson. Sajid Javid resigned from his position as Chancellor February 2020, just before the pandemic. So Rishi came in at the belly of the beast like, during the pandemic, right? And... This is this was something that was like Dominic Cummings also related, yeah. Obviously, then time Dominic Cummings was a special advisor of the Prime Minister, and the previous year, in the previous summer, Cummings actually fired one of Sadiq Javid's aides without his permission, and he said, "Mine just fired that person without giving Sadiq a head, heads up, also without um, consulting him. He just he just blamed him." <laughs> and obviously he was vexed he went to the Prime Minister obviously Boris like listen bro like yo trust me like I support you and then like later that year obviously Boris won the election and he's like yeah you're gonna continue um, so what's mad is that later like obviously after he won the election what December 2019 so when he's reshuffling his cabinet in February Sajid Javid actually resigned and it's, the reason why is because the streets are saying there was a meeting, right? And you had a meeting between Sajid and Boris. And Boris said, listen, you could stay in the role, of course, like... Pardon me. You could stay in the role under these conditions. You have to fire your advisors and welcome the new ones that we handpick. He's like, bro, you fucking dumb, lad. He resigned. He said no self-respecting minister would accept those terms. This put obviously Boris in a tricky um, situation because they were meant to announce the budget in a few weeks, but Sajid Javid's like, "Nah, I'm not dickhead." Like, and he sees somebody that holds himself to quite a high integral standard, right? Now, what happened? What kickstarted this current one? Because what's actually mad? When you deep it, yeah, Boris. What Boris? took power December 2019 in terms of officially he won the election December 2019 so he now officially had a mandate after taking over from Theresa May right it hasn't been three years you have had two chancellors of exchequer two health secretaries this is bonkers bonkers 
Sajid resigned, got rehired, resigned again. Mazzaline. So what was the straw that broke the cameras, the camera, the camel's back? They start off by a, bridge, uh, a, a gentleman, and it's not a gentleman, a scoundrel by the name of Chris Pincher, which is a very ironic name when you deep these allegations. He was accused of groping two men after getting way out of his Ras Clark mind. He did this in a venue called Cad's Corner in one of like the Conservative Party's favourite members only clubs. Like, so it was even in, like it wasn't even like outside of work environments. This was like one of their, in one of their dances, bro. Pincher resigned, but Boris Johnson did not withdraw the Tory whip from him. The irony of this is that Pincher had already, already worked to Beyonce, had to resign as whip in 2019 for groping people. So in 2019, man already resigned. He became whip and got a job again and is resigning under the same charges he got hit with two, almost, um, almost um, less than three years prior. He faced investigations in 2017 for groping people. This is like somebody that they've been knowing what type of time my man's on. Do you get it? Pincher's behaviour was so well known that government miners had been specifically appointed to keep an eye on him, even though his job was members of parliament's welfare. Please take in the sentence. Taking the view of this level of madness. This is absolutely abhorrent. The safeguarding is a myth. This man is routinely put in positions that put his colleagues at risk. Not only his colleagues at risk in terms of their political careers, but most seriously, his colleagues at risk at being sexually assaulted, harassed, and made to feel uncomfortable in the workplace. Bear in mind, this is all on public money, on taxpayers' dime. Despite years, yeah, when I say years, I'm talking 2017, rude boy, that's five years. Years of warning, in February, Johnson appointed him as whip for the second time anyway. He says, fuck it, I'm Boris fucking Johnson, bro. I do whatever the hell I want, fam. Do you get it? I don't follow rules. I can make racist comments. I could be late to meetings. I could not turn up to meetings. I could not brush my hair and wear bootcut suits. I could have a million kids. I get away with anything. Johnson claimed HR law meant that he wasn't allowed to not give Pincher a job. No such law exists. And more importantly, what the hell are you talking about, bro? One of the worst parts of this is this. The Prime Minister spokesman refused to deny that Johnson had referred to P ref Johnson has re had referred to Pincher by name, pincher by nature before giving a job. Take what I said. When people politics refuse to deny something, the chances are that it happened is pretty fucking high. Excuse my strain in this pod, I need to calm down. Johnson had referred to my man as pincher by name, pincher by nature. 
So that means he knew exactly what type of time this guy is on and still put him in the job. Why? Because he was loyal to Boris Johnson. And Boris valued that loyalty over morality, safety, the law, the well-being, and the integrity of his party. Phenomenal. A Tory backbencher said he's been groped by Pincher twice in the last eight months alone. Nothing was done, naught. I just can't believe this. What's so mad is that the PM spokesperson said that the PM wasn't aware of the allegations. You know, we get deja vu of Partygate. The PM then considered the matter closed. Do you remember Partygate? Then the PM said he wasn't aware of any scandal, just like the parties. Then he said he wasn't aware of any specific scandal. Then he said he wasn't aware of any specific serious scandal. Then he eventually said he was aware of rumours of the scandals, but only unproven ones, just like the parties. Then eventually he fully admitted, fully admitted that he knew all about it and was actively involved. People, this guy's insane. This guy is insane. This guy lies so crazily. Like, it's almost like he's a compulsive liar. Do you know them lies that don't even make sense when you clock that people like, yeah, do you know what? Like, last week I couldn't come to your party because I was in Mexico. You're like, big man, I saw you in Westfield. That's the type of time Boris is on. But what doesn't, why it's so mad is because it's like you're telling lies that are so easily refutable. And you do it routinely. He's done it again. He's lied about a serious issue again. Multiple ministers reportedly refuse to defend Johnson this time because they finally become sick of going out, defending Johnson, and only to find out that this guy was flipping line in the first place. And I think this time, there was no fool, guys. There was no spin the block. He had to own up. He had to own up. And what makes it so worse is that he actually went back to saying he hadn't known anything. Then he said he'd forgotten about the earlier scandals. But senior aides had said that the Prime Minister had been given a first-hand account of sexual assaults by Pincher just days before he was appointed in Feb. I don't know how people are spokesperson for Boris, it must be tiring. It must be tiring. Deep what I've just told you, the guy fully knew about a groping on sexual assaulter and turned a blind eye to it, even gave him a great job. This was where Sajid and Rishi drew the line. Now, Sajid, I listened to his statement in PMQs. Or when he walked in, he walked in late. Boris cut. It was a good 10 out of 10 statement. And he's, and I can't lie, I respect him. What I got from it, he said, like, listen, there's a thin line between integrity and loyalty. It's a thin line. And he said, I must want to be loyal. Fam, I can't do this. And he stated that 
when Partygate rumours came out, he was assured, assurance from, the, from Boris's people that no parties under any circumstance are taking place. So, of course, he went out to defend Boris. He stood by him. I'm going to stick beside him. That's my man. And I'm going to stick beside him. Only to find out emphatically that was false. Do you know how many MPs share this view? They're sick of time. They've been sick of Boris for a good year and a half. Sick of him. I remember I told you, after the vote of no confidence, this guy is done. You can't survive. Nobody survives this, especially somebody with Boris's rap sheet. So after Sajid and Rishi announced their resignations, my days, they started pouring in. Pour it up, pour it up. Watch it all fall out. So many people. So from the cabinet, Chancellor Rishi Sunak, Health Secretary Shadow Javid, ministers, so Will Quince, educational minister, Alex Chalk, Solicitor General, Robert Walker, Educational Minister, John Glenn, Treasury Minister, that was a big name, Victoria Atkins, Justice Minister, another big name, Joe Churchill, Environmental Minister, Stuart Andrew, Housing Minister, Kemi Badenoch, Leaven Up Minister, um, I'm seeing black people give her a serious cooking because she gaslights um, black people all the time, so I can't lie, Kemi, you have to hold that steel. Um, Neil O'Brien, Leaven Up Minister, Alex Berger, Educational Minister, Lee Rowley, Business Minister, Julia Lopez, Culture Minister, Mims Davis, Work and Pensions Minister, Rachel McLaren, Home Office Minister, Mike Freer, Equities Minister, sorry, Equalities Minister. And then you've got Parliamentary Private Secretary, so PPSs, so if you hear PPSs in the news, that's just Parliamentary Private Secretary. And these people are Member of Parliament in the, in the UK who act as a unpaid assistant to a Minister or Shadow Minister. They're like the eyes and ears of the ministers in the House of Commons, so that they're, they're important people. So here are some of the PPS that resigned. John, John, um, Jonathan Gills, Gills, is it? Sorry, I can't read. Jonathan Gills, Northern Ireland office. Sakib Bahati, Department of Health and Social Care. Nicola Richards, Department of Transport. Virginia Crosby, Welsh office. Laura Trotz, Department of Transport. Felicity Butchan, Department of Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy. Um, do I need to read all these names? Oh, that's better for names. Okay, I can't read the rest of these, these niggas' names, I'm sorry. And then in terms of the others, you've got Bim Afalami, the Vice Chairman of the Conservative Party for Youth, Andrew Morrison, the Trade Envoy to Morocco, Theodora Clark, Trade Envoy, Envoy to Kenya, David Dergild, Trade Envoy to Angola and Zambia, Dave Mundell, Mundell, sorry, Trade Envoy to New Zealand. Obviously, I spoke about Levin Up Secretary Michael Gove getting his ass sat. Let's talk of that. So, okay, boom. After PMQs where Keir Starmer was cooking the fuck out of Boris. And it was so peak because obviously Boris was getting flogged by Keir Starmer. Labour were buoyant, the SNP were buoyant. Even Tory backbenches are giving it to Boris. And you could see on the front benches, the mid benches, the back benches, Tory faces, they were just stunned. It weren't the same energy from a few weeks ago. It weren't the same energy whatsoever. Okay, boom. So, yeah, obviously, man's watching PMQs and that. I'm like, right, where's Michael Gove? Where's Pretty Patel? Let's look a bit spooky. Michael Gove just didn't turn up to Prime Minister's questions. And he was waiting for Boris to tell him that, yo, dog, I'm not going to lie, you're going to have to hold that, you're going to have to resign. 
And apparently a bunch of other cabinet ministers went to tell Boris, including Priti Patel, who is very loyal to Boris, especially as Boris brought her, from, brought her back from the dead. For those who don't know, Priti had to resign before because she had unofficial, unsanctioned meetings with Israelis. Did I hold on? What's going on there? Shut a cut. In disgrace. There was word that Nadine Zahawi, who's just been promoted to um, Chancellor, was one of the ones telling Boris to, to kick rocks. Which is crazy, because deep it, deep the sentence, right? So, Wednesday the 6th of July, right? Wednesday the 6th of July. It was only yesterday that Rishi... Like yesterday evening that Rishi and um oh, Rishi Sajid, sorry, brain my brain went blank. Rishi and Sajid resigned. My man got announced later on that evening as the new Chancellor. The very next morning, he's on Sky News saying Boris the man for the job, he's got the money of the people and he's got a lot of integrity. Later on that day, you're trying to get my out of here, it's not making sense. I tweeted that man of them want to get sacked and more people are going to resign because Boris is not going down without, down without a fight. Only two cabinet ministers have gone. More are going to need to go. More are going to need to go. And I was telling you, remember I was telling you that some senior people weren't fucking with Boris. Remember my podcast? I was like, the streets are saying that, yeah, they came out to defend Boris after, after the vote of confidence, but behind the scenes, they're like, boy, man, I don't really support that. So what are the options now? I want people to know that every other prime minister in the history of United Kingdom would have been long gone by now. They'd have gone with dignity. Boris, I told you, he's shameless. He needs to be dragged through the streets like my Queen Cersei. That's what needs to happen. So, how could we get rid of Boris? Well, it, well, if more cabinet ministers resign and you literally can't fill your cabinet, it becomes untenable and he has to go. But then again, Boris will probably, knowing Boris, he might just keep still fighting. Like 99.9% .9 people would have gone. What's likely looking like happening is that it has to be done by the Conservative Party. And how's this? So remember I talked talk to you about the 1922 committee and they all they need is 15% of Tory MPs, which at the time was 54 signatures, to, to say, 54 letters was to say, we want to vote on removing Boris Johnson. And I remember I said he won it by like 200 and something, 240, right? Cool. The issue is that is that once you've done this vote, you can't run again for a period of time. However, they have pushed forward the elections to elect a new executive for this 1922 committee and to this coming Monday. And in that discussion, no, in that um, during that election, there's also going to be discussions on changing the rules on whether they can reload it again and now this is not like a proper convention law written so they can change it if they want to so obviously some Tory MPs are a bit hesitant at doing this because they don't want to feel like they are changing the rules to get rid of Boris but like it seems like this is the only way they can get rid of him and they are too scared of getting whacked in the next general election because if everybody keeps resigning and putting pressure oh, Boris Johnson might just say fuck I'm going to call a general election and what if he gets smoked? <laughs> Do you get it? So apparently today, 
the cabinet, led by um, Michael Gove, all told Boris that, yo, you need to go. He's like, he told him to fuck off. He told him to get out. He's defiant. He's not going nowhere. And of course, Michael Gove got sacked. Um, tomorrow, he's going to announce, he said he's going to speak on the new economic plan with the new chancellor, um, Sadiq Javid, I mean, not Sadiq Javid, sorry, Nadine Zahawi. And he took a little shot, in my opinion, that Rishi said that now we've got a chancellor who wants to do tax cuts. And so they're going to speak on that. And it's probably going to be a lot of money being thrown around to people, a lot of free money being given to people. So it looked like he's just trying to crack on. Now he's warned, apparently he's warned the 1922 committee that you lot, he called a bluff, you lot are going to have to get me out of here because I'm not going. Do you get it? So it's going to be super interesting, super, super interesting in the coming weeks, coming a week or two. I don't see him lasting two, three weeks. Because obviously, if they if they discuss it on Monday, I'm not sure when they're going to rise up the votes. What's interesting is that Labour can actually call a vote of no confidence. And I actually didn't know this. So I'm going to type it in, can... Because um, I remember on Sky, they were asking the Shadow Justice Secretary about this. Yeah, no, no, of course, I've seen this plenty of times. Of course you can. Yeah, like sometimes you could, you could call for a motion of no confidence. And I think that Labour should do that. Go for the kill. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. But I think they're just watching the Tories do it first. What's very interesting is that what I think a lot of us might miss out. But obviously, you don't listen to this normic, so I'm not going to let you miss out on the key information. How does it impact us? You know, every week on this normic, I talk about how it impacts us, the people. This is bad for us. Of course, the Tories imploding if you're not a fan of the Conservative Party is great. But the real life thing about this is that it is actually bad. Why is that? You are seeing ministers, competent people in government and their competent aides and junior ministers, their PPSs and so on and so forth, leaving offices. Bear in mind, in governments, you strategize, you make plans, you start to put things in motion. Man, just cut. For example, Chancellor of Exchequer. Sorry, Rishi Sunak. We're going through an economic crisis, right? Cost of living crisis is crazy. Interest rates happen to rise. Inflation is spooky. War, war in Ukraine. China, China with um, supply chain issues. Brexit, supply chain issues and labor market issues. It's peak out here. You just had the March budget the other day. And then he came back again with new plans to help the cost of living crisis. And he's just gone. So now you've got a brand new brother in. Who was a former vaccine minister. Now come into the world of flipping finance. You've got another health sec. We've got another educational... Bro, the last seven educational secretaries have not been teachers. Or something like that. So this impacts us as the people because things fall by the wayside. Plans that have been put in place get scrapped and people put in their new plans. And as a moment, as it stands, the government is the government is not functioning. The government's a standstill. Too many people are quitting. So we effectively got a standstill government. That's not good. That's not good at all. Yeah, it's spooky. So what's my opinion? You don't know. For me, even before he was given Prime Minister, I've always hated Boris Johnson. 
I think he has no integrity and I think he's incompetent. So uh, there's no redeeming qualities there. There's something like Theresa May that I don't fuck with, but they have some form of redeeming qualities. David Cameron, do you know what I mean? He's got none. As I said before, I think it's a dead man walking. He's gone. But he's going to disgrace himself, but somehow put himself in history because he's going to be the only prime minister to literally get dragged out. And that's not via general election. But what I find interesting is that all throughout life, you have people that are desperate for power. I watch a lot of TV shows. I've been watching a lot of Vikings. So you see how people are desperate for power. They want fame. They want their name to be told for years to come. And I understand now because I'm watching a show thousands of years later. And they're talking about certain characters like I've got a bonus, so Ralph Ragnick. Raw man said Ralph Ragnick. I meant um, Ragnar Lothbrook. These King Alfred, all these people that were in the 800th century are being spoke about today, right? So that's why people go for power. And people also have a particular ideology. Whether it be good, bad, evil, in between. Boris was power hungry, but literally just for vibes. Like what is his, what, what is Boris's raw ideology? Does anybody know? Nobody does. Anyway, let me just check Twitter before we, we wrap up this pod, if anything's happened. Oh, well, Secretary Simon Hart has resigned. I knew it. <laughs> Spooky. Simon Hart, he has resigned as Chief Whip. Spooky. Spooky. Um... Yeah, anything else? Anything else? No, let's talk about Simon Hart. Okay, cool. So, yeah, four cabinet ministers gone. Remember, I said two. It was two initially uh, Rishi Sunak and Sajid Javid, and of course, Michael Gove got sacked. And now, yeah, now Simon Hart. Boy, it's rough. It's real, 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 real rough. But yeah, people, let me know what you think. And please, take this podcast in ASAP because, boy, by the time I next speak to you, we might have a new prime minister. Um, well, probably not a new prime minister, but Boris might be gone. But yeah, any questions, tweet me and check out my Twitter and Instagram. There'll be updates all the way. Hashtag Islamics. And until next, until Sunday, or Monday morning, shall I say, peace and blessings. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.